this is Andrew. I appreciate that 100%. I, I try hard to not be um, like, I don't want to say like elitist, but like I, I, I like to be open. Like I, I like this to be open source kind of like uh, they do with the coding and stuff for Crucible. Like I think us as uh, casters and stuff like that, we do better as a team than we do divided. So I don't know. <laughs> it's always been my goal, I guess. That's why I went back to school to get better at it. So. Cool. So, so really quick, I, I really do have trouble believing anybody who's listening to me hasn't heard you before, but uh, just in case, um, what, how did you, what was your path to get into Keyforge? Um, I was a 25-year Magic the Gathering player on and off. I was always competitive. Like, I always tried to qualify for things and stuff. I guess um, Star City is where I played most of my games, so semi-professional, I guess, like, uh, if you look at the circuit that way. Um, I did do a couple of GPs and things like that, but I never had the time with all my kids and stuff to really get over-focused on it. So therefore, um, I had a lot of great friends like Tom Ross, Todd Anderson, um, Ross Merriam, like, you know, names from the Magic community. I, I knew all these guys, like, um, the Magic community was pretty good to me. Um, Caleb Shearer, like, et cetera. Like, you know, um, but what happened was this is one day, like, uh, this game came out and I was like, this is like starting from ground zero again. It's brand new. It's made by Richard Garfield, and it has all of the perks of Magic with none mm -hmm. of the drawbacks. And that's yeah. where I, I'm. That's where I'm. I, I fell in love with the game because, like, I hate being like mana screwed, and I hated like not having cards in my hand, etc. So, this game kind of solved all those problems. Plus, the secondary market is pretty like you know buyer friendly, so to say. Mm -hmm. Like, um, because unless you're really like getting a um, like a really high-end deck you shouldn't be paying a ton of money for it so yeah i'm cool. i'm also i'm also an advocate of uh trying to lower the the average price of decks like when they're being sold. Uh -huh. so i don't know i do my best to give people the fairest deal as you know you've bought some often i yeah yeah we've we've uh we've exercised the market um <laughs> cool so okay so i have my six standard questions here uh for us to walk through so mm -hmm. to start out with uh when you let's say you're you're at a sealed event you're sitting across from somebody you see brobnar on their on their card um but you haven't seen any of their cards yet what what are you thinking you might have to deal with uh, I think I'm thinking that the Brobnar house is basically like a synergistic board control house now. Mm -hmm. um, I think the best of the best stuff that they do is the like the Stiltkin Al Al Alaka mm -hmm. uh, combos. Like, and then there's like the Shattered Thrones and things like that that you know kind of just skew the game state. And they still have Iron uh, Obelisk. So mm -hmm. like, they're gonna basically go big and they're gonna try to keep this board control. And basically, their goal with Brobnar, I think, is basically to maintain their board presence while destroying their opponent's uh, board presence. You want it to be very lopsided with Brobnar. And um, I think all of the tools that the Brobnar was given in this set are basically to basically keep extending their life 
uh, expectancy mm-hmm. with all the brews and with all the uh, upgrades and stuff that they got, like as far as like uh, how they work. So yep. that's kind of where I feel Brobnar sits right now. They're again, they're still the tank house of, you know, they're still the tank house that they've always been. Yeah. It's just, they're a little bit different. Yeah. I feel like uh, the, a little bit of the bad rap that they get, because um, I've heard a lot of people bad mouthing them, especially in Worlds Collide, but, but people have been down on them since the game came out. Uh, I think it, it a lot of it comes down to uh, the questions of how fast are you able to actually get them activated to do stuff with the board, and then if you are successfully using them to create space on the board, what are you creating space for? Because Brobnar, unless you have some of those cards you mentioned, like, like Iron Obelisk or Shattered Throne or Pile of Skulls, unless you have some cards like that, Brobnar itself doesn't doesn't really know what to do with the board once it has it and you need another house that is gonna uh that's gonna actually capitalize yeah i agree i agree 100 percent with that statement because the hardest thing that they do is like the hardest thing for them to do is to generate amber mm-hmm. like um and like you don't want to be in brobnar to reap you know you usually are in right. brobnar to fight so that's where the shortcomings come a lot of times is that people don't have the foresight to see where they need to be on their amber counts they don't put mm-hmm. enough pressure um i think that's like a very common mistake for everybody that plays like that is still sort of somewhat new mm-hmm. is that they don't, they don't understand the value of the, this game compared to other games whereas in other games fighting the board is always pro- like a good thing it's like going to get you ahead in this game fighting the board is almost like playing defense we used to say mm-hmm. that back when i first started doing podcasts um mm-hmm. but the amber push is what matters like um how much amber you're generating and how um effective you are at generating it um so there's two types of people that i do see when they are doing amber pushes that are kind of playing it wrong is the ones that don't push enough and that's usually the what falls into this brobner house is that you don't push your amber enough mm-hmm. because you're too busy fighting the boards and then there's the people who overcommit to it and they just walk into things that are going to give like really big tempo-y swings in the game because right. like like they don't pay attention and they bust up to like 13 amber and then they get like interdimensional grafted or they get like uh, too much to protect or something like that these are mm-hmm. all cards that it seems like a lot of newer players they don't pay enough attention to or they don't understand the full concept of how bad those cards are for them so yeah yeah and even even once you once you've had you know the privilege of losing that way uh, as i have uh, then then the next step is even like when you're at a sealed event or something like that, remembering even though you didn't see the list, you know, oh, interdimensional graph still exists, too much to protect still exists, gateway, or you know, other board wipes still still exist. So, uh, yeah, and then so the just the other things I I put down here definitely like they're big bodies, they want uh, to hopefully give you board control. Uh, they do have some amber burn effects and other amber control. Um, but, the, but yeah, they're not really going to generate it for you. They're just going to hopefully destroy some of your opponents. And then, and then like most of the effects <clears throat> in Brobnar are either, uh, give you a benefit for fighting or they, they allow you to fight. Uh, it's, it's almost all fight oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So let's say you're opening your sealed deck and you see there's, there's Brobnar. Uh, what other houses are you hoping to see along with with Brobnar? Um, when I'm playing Brobnar, if I see Brobnar, I really like to see. Depends on what's in my Brobnar, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, 
if I get old Boomy, which is my favorite Rob <laughs> card, like I really want to see Logos because Logos is the house that's going to most use old Boomy's archiving ability, right? Yep. So, but if I don't have old Boomy, which is 99% of the time, I think the two houses I like to see with my Brobnar are Star Alliance and Untamed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because uh, I don't want Saurians because they're more big bodies doing things. And yes, they have some Amber push, like they're a better, you know, Amber push. But I think with Untamed, having things like Ghost Hawks and things that basically can empower my Brobnar on turns where we're in mm -hmm. Untamed, that matters. And then with Star Alliance, it's the same thing. They can basically empower your Brobnar from out of house. And that's the kind of Brobnar board state you want. You want to spend a turn putting down some big bodies and then doing things with your other houses while still capitalizing on the fight abilities of these Brobnar creatures. And I think that Untamed and Star Alliance give me the best versatility for that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I I did go with Sarian, but I think I'm kind of like on a... I'm just on a, a big pile of skulls kick right now where mm -hmm. if you can get... If you can get the pile of skulls and and Sarian going, uh, you can do you can do crazy stuff. You it actually turns Brabner into uh, an economy engine. Uh, mm -hmm. That that it, it doesn't normally work, but with the Sarian, it, it sometimes does. Um, the the downside of that, and you kind of alluded to this, right? Because Sarian is providing a lot more big bodies. Is if you're if if you have a lot of big bodies, then you, board wiping seems very good to your opponent <laughs> and they're going to do it eventually right if you run into a good dece set um they're mm -hmm. going to be taking full advantage of their removal suites against the bigger bodies because they usually run low to the ground like under mm -hmm. four and mm -hmm. they are playing a lot of three fates and a lot of like mm -hmm. you know um harbinger combos and things like that so they can drop the harbinger and run right into your big bodies so i don't know it's kind of a risky gambit for me, I think. I think I like to, like I said, I like to be more utility-based in, like, a cross-house mm -hmm. in this set than I did in other sets. Like, other sets, maybe yeah. I like to just fight, but not so much in this set. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and if you get if you get a couple of Commander Chans on the board with Brobnar, then you can mm -hmm. just, you can practically call Star Alliance all day and uh, and still maintain that board control because of the Brobnar. So, it's, it's, I mean, that's an amazing setup. I, I, yeah, and I really like Medic with Brobnar, too, because mm -hmm. she just heals and wards, so you get two attacks per creature that she hits. So, yeah. like, you get you get that moving with, like, a transporter um, platform. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go all kinds of nuts with your Brobnar, like, mm -hmm. especially with Star Alliance. I like Star Alliance a lot for the utility. Probably mm -hmm. the best utility house in, in the game at this point. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, so, what about an in-house combo? What's your favorite in-house combo? Uh, old Boomy with Fire Breath or hmm. any of the brews because mm -hmm. I get to basically play Boomy until I get to like get the archive as bunch. I can either choose to just go crazy and suicidal and like let him go twice, or I can stop it after the first one and mm -hmm. kind of re reset him with that medic or whatever, and then mm -hmm. go again. So Ooh. like uh, I like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Putting the word on him. That's that's messed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's really good when you're playing with eds <laughs> yeah yeah that's um yeah the, the term game breaking comes to mind um so yeah i uh i love getting a grok on the board with any sort of uh power boosting effects so you get your ire staff any of your brews uh your fire breath because it takes i think grok in in age of ascension made me so sad because it it was. It felt like just a worse version of Crump, um, 
but when you suddenly can have like a mega group come out at seven, throw a brew on it, suddenly it's nine, uh, and and basically you're saying like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to use this turn after turn. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it works really great with Star Alliance. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. It's true. No, it's true. Uh, <laughs> Kirby for your brews and Chan to to use it. Um, cool. What uh, what Maverick would you love to put into one of your Brobner decks? Hmm. If I was doing Maverick, um, I think I would want an Imperial Scudum if mm. I was playing like with the old Boomy or with the Throne. But the number one like Maverick I want in any set, honestly, is just Nature's Call because Nature's Call is absolutely <laughs> busted right now. Right. Like, it's still the best. Like, well, I won't say best. It's still the second best. It's the best card in print in this set. How's that? Because I yeah. still believe Control of the Week is better. Um, I have a deck that I just found that is called the Eventually Obtuse Inca, and I've been playing that card, that, that deck. And at first, when I looked at it, I was like, "This isn't going to work. It only has 3.7 Amber Control, and it's not that great." But then it's like when I started playing it, it has like two Nature's Calls, a Witch of the Eye, a Lost yeah. in the Woods. Like it just hoses the meta the way it is right now. Like uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty, it's a lot faster, and it's changed my perspective on Amber Control because this is a deck that really has like nothing for amber control it has like a shaffles and like a, a shuler maybe like mm -hmm. I, I think i think that's about the extent of my amber control mm -hmm. but because of the amount of disruption i have right. oh, i have a i have a mermook too i forgot about mm -hmm. that but i literally have a, sh a shuler a shaffles and a mermook but because of the speed of the deck and how much amber it generates in the way it plays and like all the disruption that it has like um it just balances out really well and I, I still look at this list, and I don't know why it's good. So, uh. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, one of the, like, values that people miss on Nature's Call is when you're, like, you, you put your opponent into a situation where oftentimes their best play is to discard their creatures instead of mm -hmm. playing them. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, that's, that's so powerful because you, you just, it's like you know cards like quixelstone warp the game right and mm -hmm. nature's call does that because if you have once you have witch of the eye and nature's call on the board mm -hmm. you're almost guaranteed to just be able to keep keep doing it and your opponent is in a situation where they they just think i i don't even there's no point in playing these creatures and and then like you've you've 90 percent won at that point yeah, it, it, it does help that my D set has two Control of the Weeks, Arise, yeah. Dance of Doom, Gateway to Ds, and Three Fates, <laughs> and a Life Word. It's good. Yeah, it does a lot of things, but yeah, back to the... Uh, the yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so so my my Maverick I put here is uh, is Hapsis, and mm -hmm. uh, that's because it, it just, like, it gives, it even has a little more staying power than the Brobnar creatures, and uh, when you can start, uh, when you can start also throwing some some extra power on it stuff like that uh nogi smart fist is this like well we'll come to it but i think it's a it, it's so sad because it's like oh cool finally brobnar has some card draw um but it's it's not really uh and hapsis would i think improve the situation quite a bit um yeah what about what about a legacy uh, for a legacy card, there's like one card that would be just bonkers, and that's Might Makes Right. Mm. Like, if we got a yeah. Might Makes Right, where does collide? It'd be pretty gross. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I the I did the calculations once between Coda and AOA, but I haven't done it with Worlds Collide. Do you know what is the um, the average 
like power, uh, like creature power number in a Brobnar set oh. in Worlds Collide compared to AOA? I, I haven't done the breakdowns like I have done before, but I'm guessing the average is around five to six because mm -hmm. most of the creatures live in that range and there's only a couple that pull it down and then there's all yeah. the megas that push it up right so like, right. uh it's pretty big like it's yeah. much it used to be 5.5 in coda and aoa but like now i think it's a bit higher because yeah. of the the mega versions of everything right yeah totally and and on top of that you have yeah all the in-house ways of boosting yeah um so for me, I put Relentless Assault, and my reasoning there is if you go back to Coda, we had we had Gauntlet, which I think was okay. Ganger Chieftain's just always been great, but Relentless Assault just felt so good because it you get the the house cheating aspect of it, plus you get to use your you know your Brobnar creatures on the same turn you drop them, uh, and uh, I that th I feel like that's really missing and if you get if you get like a stiltkin with some power counters on it it can be it can make up for it a little bit but it's it's pretty situational and i i always find myself wishing if i just had a relentless assault i'd be real happy that's a fair that's a fair card i mean relentless assault is still one of the best Robinar cards ever printed so yep i uh, i agree with the thought but might makes right just seems busted totally yeah uh cool and then yeah, so so this is always a weird one because there's only ten anomalies. But if you could pick one to throw in Brobnar, uh, which would it be? Ghost form, like without a doubt. Mm. How how come? Uh, because you're talking about Grokes and you're talking about Calfines and you're mm. talking about you're talking about Gron of Nine Toes, which probably not great on him, but. You got Mog Hunters, you got Shorty, like that guy's nuts. Mm -hmm. um, you got like all kinds of guys that just would be great if they couldn't die. Gravel Guts, can you imagine that? Like, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. They just keep getting big. He just keep getting bigger, and there's nothing you can really do about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like a reverse of uh, it's it's like reverse Hapsis in a way, right? Because you're you're able you're able to just put it on there before you fight, and then it and then it leaves. So on your opponent's turn, they can maybe. They can do something about it, but on your turn, it's going to be fine. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Seems fine. It seems fine. Uh, so, and this is my like obsession with fighting. I, I, Valukanth, I think would would fit pretty well. Um, getting to turn a fight into also exhausting stuff, I think is uh, is pretty good, and would factor right into those turns where like, okay, this turn is about just getting the board state and then then i'm going to try to burst um yeah uh, and he's another big body so that's probably why i, I went mm -hmm. away from him but valakanth mm -hmm. i think is very underrated but like i also like lateral shift a lot like that was a close second. yeah i i think lateral shift is probably just like i i didn't realize how good it was at first but i, I think it's probably the best anomaly so. out of all of them yeah um yeah. Just... I've been on that bandwagon since day one. I haven't changed. <laughs> I, I think I didn't realize at first that you get to look at their deck and pick a card to play. Like, that's that's crazy. You look at their hand. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what Jack, I meant. But yeah. Jack would make it absurd. That would be even better. That would be even better. But it's, no, it's it's good enough to be able to look at their hand. Like, getting to pick from probably six cards uh, is, hey. is silly. And, and you cause disruption. Like right. anything that makes disruption is a, is a good thing. So yep. you're getting you're getting super attrition in that because you're basically getting a card for nothing, 
like you're giving up a card but you're also getting a card you're getting a amber for it right like i think it had an amber pip on it i don't remember, yeah but it does like yes. yeah and then and you're getting uh to play one of their cards but you're also d disrupting their flow like you can right. play something just to play it because just to like, oh I, I see what you're trying to do oh yeah martian generosity me nope take it thanks yep like pretty scary yeah yeah pretty mean okay Cool. Um, so, all right. So with that done, let's go ahead and jump into the cards. We'll start with the commons. Uh, and so the first one here is Alaka. She's a four power giant who says, if you've used a creature to fight this turn, she enters play ready. She's super solid because mm -hmm. everything that you do in Brobnar is based off of fighting, right? So mm -hmm. to be able to be able to attack with a big body and then bring in a, another body right behind it, untapped, ready to go, seems pretty pretty relevant. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great when it works. I feel like this is maybe a luck issue on my part, or maybe you know, to be honest, it's probably like I need to figure out how to orient my play a little better. But uh, I feel like the number of times that I draw her in a hand like with, with with you know when i have no nothing on the board that i can use to fight that turn is is probably three quarters of the time um right but that happens yeah the trick with her honestly is to have her in decks with stiltkin because mm -hmm. when you have him her and stiltkin you can kind of get a synergy between the yeah. two moving and then like whatever other giants you have with them they kind of fall into place but yeah. i think alaka's best value though is that she gives you an amber rush potential with pop mm -hmm. still being able to fight the board you fight the board she comes in on tap you reap with her mm -hmm. and get your amber, amber off of her because now you're starting you're, you're balancing your fight and your amber push mm -hmm. but sometimes you need to attack with her too but like i i like to use her more as an amber like a, a quick like tag on to an amber there mm -hmm. yeah but yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Uh, do you want to do the next one? I don't know exactly what oh, your order is. Oh, okay. Okay, next one. Uh, next one's Alaka's Brew. Yeah, Alaka's Brew is basically uh, gives you two counters. It's like all the other brews. It's like just a name. Like whenever yeah. you see a brew with a name, you're going to get that character. Um, all the characters come at plus two power just to get through the megas real quick. Um, and yep. then you have the Alaka's Brews that or the brews that come with them that give you an amber pip and give you another boost of power like two uh power counters for a certain creature so um the utility of these cards is pretty high and mm -hmm. uh, they're not bad and they give you amber pips so that's yeah that's a that's a big deal for robinar guys yeah and they're good uh good kirby and quant targets um yeah and just to to kind of further explain that for because i see a lot of times when new players uh come into the into the keyforge facebook group one of the first things people will ask is like Oh hey, I see this weird rarity symbol. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, did I get something super valuable? And uh, the answer to that is I don't know. <laughs> it depends on what else is in the deck. But um, but that's, uh, I would say that symbol simply just means that it comes with something else. Right. Right. Like it's part it's part of a special set of cards that basically you get. So like horsemen, you had the one rare that was pestilence, and you had three horsemen with this symbol. Um, like now you have like anything that comes out mega something is gonna have these brews with it, and they're all gonna be in that on that triangle or diamond shaped symbol. Uh huh. So, and and the way that that I understand it, uh, as far as like how the how the algorithm would work is something like. Uh, okay, I'm putting, I'm slotting cards into this deck. Uh, I have an uncommon that's called Brew, 
and when I choose to add brew, uh, now I need to randomly pick one of the creatures in Brobnar, and we're going to pair that creature with the brew, we're going to give the creature plus two power and make it a mega, and we're going to name the brew after that creature. And so I, I'm pretty sure it's that's essentially how it works. Yep, sounds exactly right. Cool. Uh, so the next card is Volcano. It's an action that deals four damage to each creature and gains you two chains. What are you, I'm, I'm interested what your thoughts are on Volcano. Um, one of the biggest qualms or like problems I have with Brobnar is that all of their removal is based off of damage, which is the mm -hmm. worst way to remove things in the game because you never really know when you're going to need what. So it means that you have to hit a very specific window for them to be great. Um, with this one, four damage is pretty good for killing anything that is like tricky, like it has like tricks to it, right? Because mm -hmm. that's kind of like the level of power for that is three or less in most sets. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of held true through so, so far. So three is kind of like the cutoff point. So getting that extra four puts you on those kind of creatures where they basically come into play and they have like a static effect or they have mm -hmm. some kind of effect that comes on. So like, you know, the four is a great number, but the two chains for four damage to each creature it seems like it could be really bad at times, and yeah. like I'm not a big fan that didn't it didn't come with an amber pip. I think yeah. if it had an amber pip, I would have been much happier. <laughs> but like, it's very it's just situationally, and I don't yeah. think it, I think it could be bad more than it's going to be good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I think it's in a really similar category to Phosphorus Stars, which is the the Mars mm -hmm. card that would stun everything that's not Mars and give you two chains. Uh, and initially I thought, oh, this seems real good, but then in practice it, it just slowed me down so much. But uh, my brother-in-law has a deck where he has Gateway to Dece, Phosphorus Stars, and Screaming Cave, and and he would just alternate between them. He'd stun my whole board, and then by the time I unstunned everything, he would Gateway, and he was getting chains, but, but because of Screaming Cave it worked out. So I feel like there's, like a, there's probably going to be a few decks where Volcano is real good, um, but yeah, in 90% of the time, I think, ah, I, I would, I would rather have, you know, almost anything else. Yeah. I remember I opened a, a deck that had like four nine toes, like three regular and one mega, <laughs> and it had a volcano. Oh, so like, sure. That's, that seems like it was okay, but like more, more times than not, I don't think volcano is good, but I, like I yeah. said, every card has a home. Yep. Like there's a place for every card in the algorithm that's going to make that card better or worse and yep. that's why you that's why you play decks kids that's why you play yeah. decks. <laughs> <laughs> um cool uh next one's barn raising hmm. yep for the remainder of the turn your opponent loses one amber each time a friendly creature fights um yeah <laughs> this card's not great but i guess it's situationally good um yeah. It's never bad to make your opponent lose one. I think that's a great ability, but having to waste a card without an Amber Pip again on it. Yeah. It seems like it's setting me back because it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to take some Amber away from my opponent, but how much Amber are you really going to steal with this? And even if you steal a great amount of Amber, you're not pushing your cause forward by fighting. Right. So, like, um, your attrition is very balanced in it, and it doesn't seem, it's not going to hurt your opponent the way that you Near as want much. it to. Yeah, I feel so. The obvious comparison is to Warsong because they're really similar effects. Mm -hmm. it, it, Warsong is the opposite, right? It gains you Amber, but uh, Warsong always feels real good because you're fighting to deny your opponent's state, 
sometimes state and sometimes amber too if you have the right creatures out and then the war song is like yeah and also you can gain a bunch uh and barn raising is like no no we're just gonna do more of the same thing <laughs> and and I, it just doesn't seem to work as well yeah i'm not a fan of bar of uh, war song either but it's it's i think it's better but yeah I, both of them only really work if you already if you already have board control and they're situational. Yeah. Like yeah. with War Song, you have to have something to fight. So mm -hmm. they're uh, they're both just kind of like they got blanket spots where they're going to be great. Yep. And there's like most of the time you're going to be like, why do I have this card? <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so the next one is probably is probably one of the best ones, uh, Berserker Slam. So mm -hmm. it's an action with a bonus amber, and you deal four damage to a flank creature. A lot of people miss that it says flank creature. That's important. Uh, but if the damage destroys the creature, its controller loses an amber. Right, so this is the value swing. This is the good mm -hmm. thing. Because you're getting an amber pip, you're taking an amber pip, and you're pro and you're destroying a creature if you're getting the full effect. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't... That's that's a trifecta. That's pretty sweet. That's like three mm -hmm. effects in one card. Very low cost. And then if you don't have a good target for it, you still get an amber pip out of it. So right. it's never a complete, you know... It's never a complete loss, no matter what. So I like yeah. it. Yeah, and like you said, you know, four is enough to destroy a lot of things, mm -hmm. um, and especially I think it balances well because if you have, uh, I don't know, I always end up in situations where like I have, I, let's say I'm Logos, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Titan Guardian in the middle of my daughter and my Quant, right? So then when you play Berserker Slam, boom, you get to you get to hit one of the little creatures and it probably works out more often than not. Yeah. Um, is definitely a tier one card. It's like mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Next up is cow fine. Yep. Five power rehash from AOA that, uh, before the fight you deal two damage to each neighbor of the creature, um, cow fine fights. Um, and it has one of the coolest quotes on it. You got beef with me. <laughs> um, pretty funny, but, um, a solid creature. Like, um, it's, it's, got a body that's hard to deal with and it mm -hmm. has a cool effect to help you with elusive targets and things like that yep. so i'm not down on cow fine i think it's one of the, the like it's a it's a definitely an above average creature mm -hmm. um i don't hate it so yeah i don't i don't mind seeing cow fines yep good utility cool mm -hmm. uh next up is ganger chieftain it's a it's been in every set it's a five power giant with play you may ready and fight with a neighboring creature uh and yeah this I'm always happy when I see this in my Brownar sets. Yeah, absolutely. It takes two to fight, but more are better. And more is better. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, next up, you want to do Grok? Yep, Grok. Five power. Uh, fight your opponent loses one amber. Um, this, this again is um, this is a built-in version of the uh, barn raising. Mm -hmm. And it's better because it's yep. on a creature, and you're getting it without having to waste a card or a, a, you know a play to get it. So I like Grok a lot. I've always been a fan of Grok. I think mm -hmm. making your opponent lose Amber anytime you play a creature, like a, like Grok is kind of like the fixed version of Bumpsy, right? Like Bumpsy mm -hmm. was kind of busted. So to make it more fair, they made it a fight ability, which seems fair uh, in mm -hmm. the long run. But um, again, I, if you liked Bumpsy, I don't see how you could like not yeah. like. They're pretty good. Yeah, and, and this is one of the cards that makes me, like, happy when my opponent puts down something with Elusive. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. 
-hmm. how, how kind. You just keep biting into it, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, next up is Gron Nine Toes. It's a five power giant. When it gets, uh, it gets plus four damage, or plus four power rather, while it's damaged. And uh, you, it has to, you know, if you deal five damage to it initially, it'll just die. But if you deal anything less than five, uh, then it will, then it'll suddenly be nine. I almost always see him go to nine. Yeah. Because five's a pretty big number. Five's big. Yep. I like I like him. He's not bad. He's above average. Yeah, I, I like him especially when there's something with a you know, like a Kirkar or a, a Brutadon, something with Taunt and Hazardous, because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, well now now your Hazardous is actually going to help me a little bit. So this is good. Um, I, I don't mm -hmm. think he's by far the best creature, but mm -mm. he's not horrible. He's very like he's close to average, above average. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Next up is Iron Staff. Iron Staff is basically a, a, you get a raw amber pip, and you get the ability to use an action every turn that basically enrages a creature and gives that creature plus one power counter. So this works two ways. It works like with you, and it works like against your opponent. So mm -hmm. for you, you want to be stacking your Brobnar creatures, making them bigger, giving them that stretch so that they can keep fighting and getting their cool abilities that they get for fighting. But you also get to enrage opponents trick like the creatures who are trying to pull tricks like a witch of the eye or whatever mm -hmm. so that they mm -hmm. can just reap and take full effect of that so this says like a dual purpose i really like seeing this this uh artifact in my sealed pools for sure mm -hmm. um i think i don't have anything yet that makes this great in a, a constructed environment but mm -hmm. um i don't think i have any brobnar in my in my top but i only keep mm -hmm. top like three or four so mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little it's a little slow to be really dependable, but um, but when you do like have a couple out and you're getting to pump power counters onto things every turn, it's it's good. Uh, yeah, or like you said, just screwing with the opponent. The, the, the premium on power counters is not high. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and you kind of saw that in even Coda, like when you had Zizik the many, everybody was like, "Wow, plus three every time mm -hmm. he does something," but he still can get killed pretty like regularly if uh like you're playing against a good deck because yep. you're gonna have things that aren't based off of damage again yeah like uh, <laughs> they're based off they're based off of just killing you because of position or killing you just because so like yeah i remember i remember the first time i i uh got excited played khalifi dragon and had somebody immediately hand of deece and i was like but it's 12 oh no it's it's dead mm -hmm. <laughs> didn't matter yep uh Cool. Uh, next up is Mog Hunter. It's a six power giant who has fight, deal two damage to a flank creature. Which I think is, uh, again, like often good value for uh, getting rid of. Often I can arrange it so that this hits like an annoying two power elusive and saves me some trouble. So I, I feel like it has pretty decent utility. Yeah, I like seeing him. He's uh, one of the ones that I like more, than, more so than most. Um, I think I only like Shorty better, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, Shorty's great. Shorty's my number one dude. <laughs> He's awesome. Well, I can't say number one because there's Mugwump in the set still. So, <laughs> and we we all know I have a, a thing for Mugwumps, but. <laughs> uh. So next up is Narp. Narp's a power one, um, armor. Narp's neighbors cannot reap. Um. 
not as bad as people want yeah. to make him like um but requires a certain amount of finesse when you play him. yeah um and keeping him onto a flank like a left or a right flank yeah. and just letting him hold it down with a creature that buffers him that doesn't make your reap go away um another thing people don't take into account too is that narp himself can't reap as long as right. he's not next to another narp so um not the best but the body's cool and this is the fixed version of troll whether you like it or yeah. not and um troll was busted this is yeah. like much more fair i think and very like average like uh -huh. nothing nothing special nothing horrible because the body's just so big yeah if i if i see one narp in a deck i'm i'm pretty excited about it um i, I have a couple decks with three narps and that it's that's rough <laughs> it's yeah, three is too I many I can't say I ever get excited when I see NARP, but once I read the rest of the deck, sometimes it makes mm -hmm. me go, it's okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's not the best. Uh, okay, next up is Shorty, who's a four-power giant with us. Well, you know what? You you read the rest because you were you were uh, stoked about Shorty. I do like Shorty because he's a four-power like uh, creature that is an assault four. So when he attacks, he automatically hits something for four and kills it. So all the elusive creatures that you attack die. All the big creatures you attack die. Yeah. Um, whether Shorty lives or not, that's the key. And uh, <laughs> and if he reaps, basically, he just gets pissed and wants a fight. So it's kind of like, I just think of like really amazing, like drunken dwarf. Like, I don't uh -huh. know. Yeah, I think it's so funny because I don't know I think I've maybe reaped with a shorty once ever. And his flavor text is amazing. Uh -huh. his, his, it says his name actually refers to his temper, but he's <laughs> right, <short>. right, because <laughs> yep. he's a giant, right? So he's probably like human right. size, like <laughs> right, right, right. He's just just short for a giant. Uh, somebody, I think that somebody posted recently a it was like an actual uh, two scale comparison. Of, of different creatures from Keyforge that was pretty, uh, like, like oh, Tunk is huge. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, I know. I, I heard you, <laughs> I heard you talking about the, the, the Svar Elves. Yeah. There on your... No, that was, a, yeah, that was a question I, I nailed some of yeah. <laughs> Svar Elves uh, are important. Uh, cool. So Stiltkin is a two-power goblin with skirmish, and after a giant creature is played adjacent to Stiltkin, you ready and fight with it. And that's not a maid. That's a that is a command. You have to do it, uh, right. but you're probably happy to. Yeah, I mean he's skirmish. He's not gonna die. Yep. Unless you run him into a hazard. I guess. Yep. Yep. Doesn't take much hazard to do him. But uh, I have gotten good value out of him plinking wards. Um, mm -hmm. And then additionally, if you do have ways to throw some, you know, extra power counters on him and suddenly have him be, you know, four with skirmish, like, that's great, too. Make him a mega stiltkin, you mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why, why doesn't that exist? Oh, because he's not a giant. That's why. He's not. He's, a, he's not. He's a goblin. <laughs> he's anything but a giant. Yeah. But he's on stilts because he wants to be a giant. <laughs> right. Yes. He has, he has dreams just like everybody else. <laughs> the flavor is real. Yeah. Uh, cool. Next up is Tremor. This is a uh, oldie but goodie, right? Like uh -huh. three creatures. Like I wish it had an amber pip still, but yeah. it's not horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. Pretty good value to stun stuff. 
Uh, and speaking of stunning stuff, we have Warrior's Refrain, which is an action uh, with a bonus amber, and when you play it, you stun each creature with power 3 or lower. Um, I've, I've had mixed results with this, because if you do have Bravnar with smaller houses like Logos or Star Alliance, then uh, I've occasionally been in situations where I think it makes more sense not to play the Warrior's Refrain. Um, so it really comes down to a timing issue. That's correct. This is definitely one of those cards that uh, has places in certain decks and has no business in others. So. Yep. But unlike Tremor, it at least has the Amber Pip. So. The Amber Pip's real. But if you play that Amber Pip, you do have to play that three or three. Yep. Seems bad sometimes, but. Yep. Uh, okay. Next up is Blood Money. Another oldie but goodie. This mm -hmm. has, and I think in this set, this has actually gotten better mm -hmm. um, because of the amount of, like, bring into ready, like, fight-type Bromnar things that happen. Uh -huh. um, I used to not like Blood Money very much, but uh, in this set, it seems to be fine. Like, it's doing much better. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a form of amber generation for um, Bromnar, so if I see three Blood Monies in my deck, I'm not sad. Mm -hmm. Not sad at all. <laughs> Yeah, it mostly reads gain two amber. Uh, you just have to work for it. Right. It's like you got to punch the guy to get your amber. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so next up is, I think, one, one of the cards that uh, has gone up. It's It gets like a most improved player award for me. Uh, and this is Flamethrower. It's an artifact that you can exhaust to deal one damage to a creature with one splash. And in AOA, I think this was pretty garbage. Uh, in world, If you're playing against Worlds Collide, it is moderately better because you can use it to take out wards. Uh, Correct. Outside of that, it's still garbage. Yeah, I was going to say, it's still really slow. Yeah. But it's really good against shadows in this set, too, though. There's a lot of one-power mm -hmm. shadow things, but mm -hmm. still a very niche card. Yeah. When uh, I say niche, that means a b below average, probably garbage. <laughs> He's being nice. Yeah, niche. Niche is the word. <laughs> uh, next is Flamewake Shaman. Yeah, it's another uh, reprint. That's four power for, uh, human, not mm -hmm. a giant human, which is relevant. Uh -huh. um, play and do two damage to a creature. Um, so, yeah, it's average. Well, like, I th I think she also got better in like against Worlds Collide because. Two damage to, to knock a ward off is is pretty good. Um, and in AOA, like, it always felt so bad to me that she didn't combo with Drummer Knot. And the fact that Drummer Knot isn't here, I guess, like, makes her seem slightly better to me. Yeah, you keep, you, t you keep talking about it's good to knock off a ward, but the problem with that is, is, like, most of the times if you're playing her to knock and you knock a ward off with that damage... You might not have a follow-up to actually mm -hmm. finish the creature that was warded, right. and then they just reward it usually because most of the creatures that have wards, if they had a ward, it means there's probably more ways to get wards. Right. Like wards, wards don't like travel in small packs. Like they, <laughs> <laughs> they come, they come in mass packs. Like it's like seems to be a strategy. Yeah. Well, de definitely, I think this, I think that's more true in Archon, right? In sealed, you can occasionally right. end up with something that only has a couple. But yeah, if somebody's counting on that, they're probably going to have a bunch. Uh, yep. Uh, cool. Next up is Fire Breath. 
Uh, th that's an upgrade with a bonus amber, and it gives the creature plus three power. And before fight, deal two damage to each creature to each neighbor of the creature. This creature fights. Uh, I think I think this is real good. Um, it turns you know any creature into cow fine, and if you have the creature already on the board, then that means you get to uh, use it the turn you play it, which is nice. I agree 100%. This is a great upgrade. Like um, most of the, I've, I've I've always been a pretty big fan of most of the upgrades that uh, mm -hmm. Robnar brings. Mm -hmm. They're all pretty pretty decent or relevant. Like so, this is kind of like a more fair version of um, Blood of Titans, mm -hmm. because I think uh, Blood of Titans wasn't probably as good as it should have been because it's just five yeah. extra power, even though it's very relevant. Like in mm -hmm. the deck, that deck I was telling you about, the obtuse deck, I do have Ember Imps that love to get that right. put on. <laughs> but like, um, you know, for the most part, like I think this is a better and more fair version of it because you're getting the Amber Pip, you're getting the three power, and you're getting an ability that helps you right. deal with elusive creatures. So that's for Robnar, that's you couldn't ask for much more. Pretty good. Like, uh, yeah, you couldn't ask for much more on a uh, upgrade for Robnar, I think. Yeah, yeah, and in some decks, the right answer might even be to put it on a non-Brobnar creature, and right. uh, and then you're you're getting you're kind of setting that house up to be able to do some of the Brobnar stuff, and you have less, um, you know, one or the other kind of turns. Mm -hmm. um, okay, next up is Gargante's Scrapper. Oh god, I hate this card. Like it's, an <laughs> alpha, it's an alpha card that comes in that means you have to, at the beginning of your turn. If you have three or more, you deal three to an enemy creature. It's only three power. Yeah. It's a giant. It's garbage. Like, <laughs> Which is appropriate. It's niche. <laughs> yes, it, it is scrap. Like a, uh, I guess yeah. having one is never horrible, but they seem to come in sets of three, and I don't have a clue why. So <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I have a very that, bad bias for this. I've yeah, that hasn't happened to me. Times. Yeah, it's happened to me multiple times. I'm just like, why? Why, why do I want more than one of these ever? So, like, sounds like a I personal don't. problem. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, got, I got problems with this giant. <laughs> um, so, so next up is Gravel Guts. It's a five power giant uh, that says after an enemy creature is destroyed fighting Gravel Guts, give Gravel Guts two plus one power counters. That is... It's fantastic. It's not as good as Mugwump. It is strictly worse than Mugwump, but it's but it's good. It's a creature. It's a creature that allows you to kill two power or less creatures with like positive attrition or equal right. attrition. Like it's not taking the damage that it normally would take. It just grows. So yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty solid. And that's what his. That's where his niche is. Is like he wants to basically be against decks that have lower power creatures so that you can continuously use him over and over again yeah. keep that five point buffer as as high as possible mm -hmm. but um pretty pretty solid especially like like i said against like the trickier decks that have those little guys that are, are elusive and stuff you poke off the elusiveness and just eat them like, yeah <laughs> pretty good yep uh next is little rap school i love this dude and he still has the same flavor text, which makes me even happier. Uh -huh. um, but he's a two-power elusive character that when he comes into play, everything has to fight. No reaping. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if able. So if you clear the opponent's board side like you should be as a Bromnar, like I talked about earlier, uh -huh. if they're clear and you have nothing on the board, you can reap. But if there's something to fight, you have to fight. That's perfect for Brobnar. Like, not a better creature in the game for Brobnar as far as that ability goes. And then yep. the quote is, and they say, I was annoying. Pingle, who annoys? <laughs> like, right? Yep. Little Rapskull is definitely value. Yeah. yeah I, I like him a lot. And, and, and look, right. look at him. He's just, he's just trying to trip somebody up. 
yeah, what a what a meanie. What a troll. He's not a troll. He's a goblin, but he's a troll. Um, he's, he's tri you see that he's tripping them into fertilizer, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's going to make them go face first into the poop. Yep, yep. Ian. And he's smelling it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and he likes it. Uh, cool. Uh, next up is Ogopogo. That is a six-power giant. Uh, after Ogopogo attacks and destroys a creature, you may deal two damage to a creature. Um, again, just yeah, more ways to deal with the small two-power lucids. Uh, so I think it's good. It's it's average because mm -hmm. you have to kill it. So if mm -hmm. it was just fight and get it, that'd be greater, mm -hmm. like a greater good. That's why we like mog hunters, right? But like, um, it's basically like a worse mog hunter than me. Yeah, I think that's that's mostly true. So there's a little bit of trade there, and I think this is they do a pretty good job uh, of this in Keyforge of of having these little trade offs. So like with with mog hunter, it, it's just a fight effect, so you're gonna get it. Uh, whether it destroys the creature or not, um, but it can only hit a flank. Whereas Ogopogo, you have to destroy the thing, but there's no uh, there's no location restriction. Right. So yeah. there's just a little bit of trade off there. Yeah, I, I agree. Like uh, again, like he's I think Mog Hunter. I like it a step above this, but this is yeah, it's still pretty good. Like they're they're in, well, I wouldn't say pretty good. They're 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 decent Brobnar cards. Like yeah. they're average, a little bit above average. Yep. Uh, cool. You want to do Overrun? Overrun is one Amber Pip, and you basically play it, and if three or more enemy creatures have been destroyed this turn, your opponent loses two Amber. So here's some Amber control for mm -hmm. Robnar, but problem is, is that it sucks, because <coughs> you hardly ever kill three or more enemy creatures in one turn. Yeah, it depends on you having the board state to be able to destroy three creatures, and, and them having three creatures, which if you've been doing a good job as Brobnar, they don't. <laughs> right. So, Means you're losing. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I, guess uh, good, I guess this is a good catch-up card, but... Yeah. But who wants to be playing catch-up? Not with Brobnar. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Next up is Power of Fire, another bit of a catch-up card. It's an action. When you play it, you sacrifice a friendly creature. If you do... Each player loses amber equal to half that creature's power, rounding down the loss, and then you gain a chain. Um, this is like it's such a logos card. Yeah, I agree. It, no, it's 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 worse for you. I mean, it's worse for you than it is for your opponent. Yes. Unless uh, unless they just have way more amber than you, but um, ugh, yeah. This is strictly a Feels fairer bad. ever essence principle, but yeah. the fairness of the ever essence principle is because I think ever essence principle gave you two chains, right? It was no, it was just one. Just one, right? Okay, it so was then, just one. Yeah, they, I don't know. Like, I guess this is just the fairer version. I guess they thought ever essence was too strong, but like this is like, you know, like we're gonna add this extra. You have to sacrifice a friendly creature to. I'm just like, yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you you have to. Not yeah, good. ruin your ability to do what the house is supposed to do. Um, so anyway, in a clutch, in a pinch, I could see it maybe helping, but nine times out of ten, it's not not going to be happy to see it. Um, cool. Next up is Ragwarg. Yeah, Ragwarg is one of my favorite artifacts in like well, 
second favorite maybe because the one that we're going to talk about next is, is just as good but like ragwarg is awesome against age of ascension like you play age of uh -huh. ascension ragwar is an all-star because all their creatures are small and they they want to reap to do things and um this says no um all those annoying shadow creatures and things that reap from the coda yep, yep. they die too and a lot of people say they don't like this card that much but i don't know why because i really <laughs> think that every time i've played ragwar of course when I play a Ragwar, it always comes with a Shattered Throne, which makes it a double uh -huh. whammy and makes my control way better. So, uh -huh. um, but I I really do like Ragwar more than I probably should. But um, it's been more than useful, and it definitely mm -hmm. makes your opponent change. It's a disruption card, which right. I like. It makes your it makes your um, opponent change how they play because they can't just do what they want to do as far as reaping goes. So, right. Um, Probably more dangerous than just getting stunned because a lot of people will walk into a stun and just you know not care as much. But this is like you're taking damage, and the right. things that are the things that reap for effect are all small, so this kills most of them. Right. So and at at most they get two uses. That's it. So that seems pretty pretty relevant, especially with like Witch of the Eye, Nature's Call kind of mm -hmm. things, right? Like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. I think the the nice thing is at the very least you get an amber clip out of it. And, and it probably, because you're Robnar and you have a little more fight in your strategy than your opponent does, probably, and you mm -hmm. probably just have generally bigger bodies that can withstand the the two damage plinks, um, it is probably going to hurt your opponent worse than you, which is fine. Yeah, I think it's good. I dig, I dig it. Uh, so, yeah, you can do the next one, too, then. Shattered Throne. Yeah, yeah Shattered Throne. This is the... Bot this is the uh... The, se the second piece of my Ragwar combo, uh -huh. I guess, like for this set, but like uh, Shattered Throne, another raw Ember Pip. Um, after a creature is used to fight, it captures one. So this works for both people. So it turns games into like a fight you fight on yeah. the board. Like it's <laughs> doing what Brobner wants to do, right? Yeah. It's going, if you're not fighting, you're losing because I'm just going to keep taking all your Amber and fighting into your creatures and being able to take your Amber. Card is bonkers good. Um, like way better than anticipated when I first started playing with it. So mm -hmm. I am a big fan of Shattered Throne. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It does have a like, hey, we're playing a we're playing a different game than you thought. <laughs> right, we're um, playing Brobnar games. We're not right, playing right. Amber Control games. We're playing Amber. Right. We're playing Brobnar games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Anytime you can do that um, and disrupt your opponent's game plan that that thoroughly, it's real good. Uh, cool. Next up is Skull, which is a three-power beast with Assault 3. And after an enemy creature is destroyed by Skull's Assault damage, give a friendly creature a plus one power counter. Um, I think in, in this case, the Assault 3 is the real, like, nice thing about this. Um, it's almost as good as Shorty. Um, but, uh, when you, when you are able to pull off killing something with it uh if you have other things in your deck that uh that you're trying to create space for this is a great way to just make them a little more survivable so like uh, i think one of my favorite things that i've done with this is you know kill one of my opponent's elusive creatures and like give a plus one power counter to my daughter um that's mm. that feels real nice yeah, Skull, he has a lot of potential. I like Skull a lot too. He's uh he's up there for me and, and as far as Robin Hood creatures go. One thing I don't like about him is his size. He dies to almost mm -hmm. any kind of direct damage and like he's yep. just easy to kill. 
So there's nothing that really protects him. Like if people want to get rid of him, they can get rid of him. So he most likely always dies because he's a he's kind of like one of those like don't have to deal with him, but you yeah. do have to deal with him within two or three turns, or he gets out of hand. Right. Yeah. He's not he's not witch level, but right. Uh, he's yeah definitely okay. This is this is important. Um. Cool. Next up is Slimy Jerk. Yeah, the one power little jerk. Um, <laughs> he's basically a goblin that's skirmish and elusive. And uh, when he fights, he, enra he enrages the creature that he's fighting, which means that you can skirmish him into anything that has a value for being reaped or whatever, and you basically just piss them off because he basically taunts them and like makes them have to fight. So he's pretty, pretty solid creature, I think. But yep. uh, he, the only thing, again, he suffers from is being a pipsqueak, and he dies pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... I'm yeah. I'm not super convinced that he has a, a huge game impact. Although, and you'll you'll cringe when I say it again. But you know, if you can like plink a word off something and enrage it uh, with this guy, then then uh, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool outcome. Oh yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna side note real quick back on Skull and Shorty and stuff. Something mm -hmm. we forgot to mention, but assault mm -hmm. is is a word plinker and kill creature in one mm -hmm. attack. Because the assault hits first, knocks off the ward, and then the, mm -hmm. you fight the rest of the creature in, in case you guys didn't know that. That's, like, why assault is really, really good in this set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, sorry. Yeah, no, that that's an excellent point. And, yeah, and same is true um, going the other way with hazard. Hazardous, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. Uh, so Smith is uh, another, another old card. Uh, gain an amber. And if you control more creatures than your opponent then you gain two more. Um, in my experience, this is probably like, I think it has about a 50% hit rate. You have to draw it at the right time, but hopefully if you're Brobnar, you're you're able to, to be you know, creating states where this can help you. This, this card hits for me all the time. Like, it hardly ever misses. <laughs> like, uh, but that's because I only play in, play Brobnar decks that do Brobnar things, and this mm -hmm, is a mm -hmm. Brobnar thing, like visit board state. Like again, you're losing if you can't play Smith. So, yep. like, uh, uh, I like Smith a lot. I think he's a great, basically virtuous works for Brobnar, so. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's important because it fills in something that's missing from them, right? Yeah, right, and the best thing about it is that if you get Infernus, you still only lose one instead of three, so better than virtuous <laughs> yep. works. <laughs> yep, yep, that's Sorry. true. Um, yeah, there, uh, there, you know, it's funny, in, um, in AOA, I thought, um, when I read Eureka, I thought somebody made a stupid mistake. Um, and anyway, they, they didn't, um, it, you know, it turns out there, there's a reason that Eureka has an Amber Pip and then I like gain two, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, Eureka, uh, yeah. Eureka was that card when it first came out, had such a bad rep, like people didn't like it until I kept saying... Like I, I, I know I've been quoted on some of my podcasts where I said, so if you had a card that said, get three amber, draw two cards, is that good? And everybody yeah. always agreed. It was absolutely great. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what Eureka <laughs> what does Eureka for does. you. It's just yep. a little bit like offhanded. So yep. yeah, Eureka Eureka's always been one of my favorite cards yeah. from that set. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, cool. Okay. Uh, next up is the flex. Flex. Just an action that you play and you choose a ready friendly Brobnar creature 
exhaustive and gain amber equal to half its power. So in AOA, the flex was not great and it had big ass giants to go with it. In this set, there's smaller giants. So this card is absolutely <laughs> trash, even worse. Uh -huh. I don't like this card. I've never have. Yeah. Well, if the game goes to like 30 turns and you've had fire staff out the whole time, then it's good. Sure. So never. Yeah. Lol of giants didn't even use flex. So. Yeah. 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 It, I know. I was excited about it when it first was spoiled for AOA, and then just in practice, it, it doesn't it doesn't do the thing that you want it's, it's it to do. You're, it's because you're playing. You're paying a card, and you're exhausting a creature. So, it's a negative yeah. attrition card just based on that value alone. Mm -hmm. So. And then you're gaining amber, but this is in the house that gains amber. So like, what are you really getting out of it? Like, right. I don't. Uh, I'm not a big fan. Like. Yep. Not in theme, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Barehanded is an action with a bonus amber, and when you play it, you put each artifact on top of its owner's deck. Uh, which. Depend <laughs> whether this is good just depends a lot on what artifacts are out on the board. Well, no matter what, you get an amber pip, so there's mm -hmm. value there, and then it's a tempo swing, so that's kind of huge. Mm -hmm. Um, like because you're basically making them redraw artifacts that they've already mm -hmm. had, which I think this card is almost always good. Like, at worst case scenario, you get an amber pip, in the best case scenario, you play an artifact heavy deck to where you basically know their next five, six cards. Like, I'm yeah. a big fan of uh, chaining people by putting cards back on top of their deck. Yeah. I know I know. when I was watching one of the uh, events this past weekend, there was a time where there was two Dexters on the board, and, like, I was trying to, in chat, I was talking about, like, this is the time, like, uh, he just showed you, he had just seen his hand with Imperial Trader, and he had mm. six, like, cards, and he had five of them were Shadows, so you knew he was going back into Shadows. So what, so what you have to do is you have to kill those... Uh, you have to kill those Dexters, put them on top mm -hmm. of his library, that chains him for two, and then you do what you needed to do. But nobody quite, I think, understood what I was trying to say at the moment, uh -huh. time. And then I got past it. And I was just like, see, if you had chained him with those Dexters, it would have been a better outcome for him, I think. But yep. that was in there. I think that was the, the semifinal like, match mm. that was uh, stream. But could be wrong, but whatever. That was my in, in in the in the archon or the the sealed the archon in the archon one hmm. yeah like yeah, anytime you could chain your opponent and make them redraw cards yeah in like multiple accounts like that's huge because yep. again you're, you're you're swinging tempo like uh, i like to slow people's games down and the best way to do it yeah. is to know what's coming and to know that they have to redraw it so if yeah. their hand is already stacked and they're not getting enough cards out and you put those back on top of your deck you're just slowing them down that much more that's yep. super good Yep. Especially, you know, especially since you knew he was going to play five cards and draw at least five more cards, knowing that two of them were Dexter's would have been sweet because mm -hmm. they're not shadows, right? Because he just went into shadows. So. Mm -hmm. But either way, that's <laughs> just me being stupid, I guess. <sighs> Big brain plays. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so you want to do Bellowing Patrizate? Bellowing Patrizate is a seven power creature that comes into play and while he is ready each creature takes one damage after it enters play so this is like giant with floor is lava and just not as good um, uh -huh. but still interesting right because um i don't know like he's 
I don't know. Like, I guess he has some kind of value. I don't know what it is other yeah. than being a big body. <laughs> yeah, um, that that's this isn't a category. There's a, a few others coming like this where I feel like it's it's a it's a big body, and if you're like okay, if you just take it for that, it's, you're, it's, it's probably it's, okay. And then once in a while, you get a little more value, and you're like, oh hey, that was nice. But if you just I, think of it as a big body, you're not too tilted I, by it. I guess if you're playing him with, like, Dece, it's good because you have that card that, like, multiplies Ooh, damage yeah. and stuff. But, like, um, like, he has a place, I'm sure, but I don't think he's overall great. Like, he's yeah. above average, I think. He's not as bad as some of the creatures, but he's yeah. definitely not special. Yep. Uh, okay, since he's not special, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the Cyber Giant rig which is an upgrade with a bonus amber, and it gives the creature, at the end of your turn, this creature loses a plus one power counter, but when you play it, you fully heal the creature, and you give it a plus one power counter for each damage that was healed. So, the like, the best case scenario is you have, you know, let's say you have a Grok that you fought, you, you fight it into something, it takes three damage, you play this onto it, suddenly it's healed, and it's eight power. Um... And then it'll gradually lose that power over the next, uh, over the next three, two, three turns. Um, so I, I think that's fine. Um, but mostly it's like, it's just nice for the ability to reset a creature and get a bonus amber. Um, and I, I think that's okay, but it's not, it's not amazing. I've had good success with Cyber Giant Rig, mm -hmm. um, but that was an AOA. Like, uh -huh. um, when you had bigger creatures again. But, like, uh -huh. um, I could see this guy being kind of great if you had, like, something like it in your hand with, like, a, a Ganger Chieftain and uh, any big, like, NARP even, like, uh, yeah. you know, big big style thing. And you're just able to come out and smash, like, their Overlord Grey King for seven and, like, take six damage. And then you're like, ah, Cyber Giant Rick. Now my NARP is a 14 power, like, <laughs> monster. Deal with sure. it. Like, then they go, you know, three fates and you're done. But yeah, <laughs> it didn't matter. Yep. Uh, this is why growth isn't really that great in the game. Right. Like, you know, making your creatures bigger. That's why right. Brobnar is ranked lower in the in the in the spectrum of things. Yep. Uh, next is Forge Master Og. Yep. Four power creature, giant. After a player forges a key, lose all of their remaining amber. Um, I've never had him be relevant to the point where it mattered. Uh-huh. Because most of the time, people in, that are playing at high levels are going to be right at 6 to Forge or wherever they need to be. Um, they're not really playing with abundant um, gross amounts of uh, amber over the cost of what the amber is needed. Uh -huh. Because that's just setting yourself up for traps. And, like, right. um, I, don't, I just don't find him to be competitively good in any way. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Like, I've seen games where, uh, you know, local games where he can be relevant because you get a situation where somebody's just running away and, and they get stopped. But uh, but then it's like, it's a timing issue too. It, you have to play it in the same timing that you would have played Interdimensional Graft anyway. And Interdimensional Graft would have been better. Right. Because um, otherwise he'll just get blown up. I think I think it's a safe thing to say that anytime you have an ability on an action, it's going to be better than it is on a stick, like when it's on a body. Uh huh. 
for the most part there's a couple of uh, examples that like uh, might have be might be better now that they're on bodies than they were before as actions but they're far and few between and they're not in Brobnar. <laughs> yeah that's true uh cool next up is grumpus tamer it's a four power giant with reap search your deck and discard pile for a war grumpus reveal it and add it to your hand then shuffle your deck so it lets you tutor for this war grumpus thing um which i will come to will come to later um but I, I'll just say, I think if War Grumpus was, like, if I was excited about War Grumpus, then I would be excited about Grumpus Tamer. So you're telling me you're not excited about Grumpus? <laughs> Correct. Great. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, cool. You want to do Guji Dinosaur Hunter? Interesting card. Four power. Elusive. Um, giant. Which is kind of weird. Uh -huh. um, but uh, big elusive body, and then it has an action that deals two damage to a creature, deals six instead if it was a dinosaur creature or it has amber on it. Um, I huh. kind of like this guy. I think he's better than most. Like he's definitely uh -huh. way above average. Um, the only thing that hurts him is that he's rare, so you don't see him as much. Right. But um, I do think he's a valid creature. Like I think he has very cool abilities. He's a good sized body. Um, you know, avoids most of the direct damage, uh -huh. you know, size spells. So it's pretty good. Like you can volcano him, and I feel good about it. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't opened one of these yet, but um, yeah, I think I'll I'll be pretty excited when I finally do. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so next up is Igon the Green, a four power giant with destroyed purge Igon the Green. Uh, return an Igon the Terrible from your discard pile to your hand. And so he, uh, does it come up yet? Oh man. So th this comes up later too, but there's a, he always comes with Igon the Terrible, um, which is, uh, an upgrade of him that can't be played until after, uh, Igon the Green is in the discard pile or can be played, but it, it doesn't work out. Right. He just dies. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, next is Iron Obelisk. Oldie but goodie. Uh, yep. Location, your opponent's keys cost plus one for each uh, friendly damaged Brobnar creature. Um, this is good because this is the thing that slows the game down um, and basically gives Brobnar a chance to keep fighting and keep playing defensively and yep. like, gives you a chance to get you know, to where you want to get to. This is like the inspiration for War Buggy and I think they realized War that, uh, or the Grump Buggy, but the Grump Buggy was a little bit too busted. Iron Obelisk has always been fair as far as like uh -huh. the... Uh, the um the cost of what it is so. yep uh so then we have Kalok stonefather who's a six power giant and leader uh so when he's in the center of your battle line all your friendly creatures get skirmish um and i've had that work out and when it does work out it's super cool um but i think it's one of the i think with all the leaders you should almost never like have your game plan hinge on them working out and so i just think of him as a as a six power body and that's kind of fine it's okay uh and then if you do happen to get the benefit then suddenly it's like oh now now we're controlling the board <laughs> yeah, I, I like him because he's a static effect he's not uh -huh. like a reaper or whatever like yep. he's just is always on so even with other 
you know, houses, I like balancing him into the center, like gives them all skirmish, which is, I mean, if you like Halicor, you have to love this guy, right? Like, he's, right. Not, bad. he's not bad at all. Um, I think he's probably one of the worst leaders, though. Like, the leaders are all pretty good. Right? Yeah. I think he might, and that's not saying much because I think all the leaders are kind of good. So, like, uh, uh -huh. but I think out of all the leaders, I think he's probably the worst one, but his ability is still very relevant. That's where uh -huh. I'm at with him. Yeah. Yep. I think that's fair. Uh, cool. Next up is Lava Ball. Um, four damage, and it splashes two. That's pretty pretty solid. Um, yeah. Again, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's damage-based, and damage-based is a lot harder to use for removal. Uh -huh. So um, it's a little bit trickier, um, but, I mean, the quote says it all here, catch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty, pretty good yeah and unlike um there's there's the one in shadows that's really similar but it has to be a non-flank creature um mm -hmm. and this is nice because you can just hit anywhere with it yeah uh it's very, cool it's very it's very brobnari yes uh yeah and then why don't you do mugwump too the mugwump brings all the kids to the yard because he wants to <laughs> beat them over the head with that mallet uh-huh but... uh -huh. The six power giant comes into play, and every time he kills somebody, he heals himself and gives himself plus one power. Um, yep. This is Brobnar. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you, you know what? And I, I was wrong before. I, I said that uh, this is strictly better than Gravel Guts. It's not strictly better because Gravel Guts gets two plus one power counters. Uh, but if you assume, you know, if you assume Gravel Guts is taking at least one damage per time, then. Uh, they, they stay about even and they're yeah they're both you're probably gonna get a few uses out of them and your opponent's gonna hate them try to but do the something gravel, the most that gravel guts can ever be above damage like to die is five uh-huh so mugwump destroys him because mugwump starts at six and then you can't right. kill him at six he's a seven then he's an eight then he's a right. nine and there's no cutting that number down he just gets bigger and bigger right that, that, like I said, this is Brock. Yep. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is the way. <laughs> uh, yep. So, okay. Uh, so, next up is Nogi Smart Fist, who's a five power giant scientist. And I think uh, he and Old Boomy are the are the first two scientists we've seen in, in Brobnar. But um, Nogi Smart Fist has fight. Draw two cards, discard two random cards from your hand. Um, and, yeah, I that's been kind of feel bad for me so far. I, I suppose you could get lucky, but um, it, it, it hasn't worked out a ton for me. It has to be in a deck with something that when you discard cards, you get value from it, right? Oh, you get it, you know, you get it with, a, with an eye on the fringes, maybe. That'd be, oh, that's right. fair. Ooh. Now you get it. Yeah, that's gross. Very, very specified. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, because they're well. I is a is I think an uncommon, right? E. I think. I think. So I think it's I because it's like a it's like a Scottish thing to to do that. Okay. Um, but I'm not. I mean, I I don't know. You'd have to ask Brad. <laughs> I'll take it either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cards bonkers. It is. It's a good card. It's a good card, no matter what you call it. Uh, okay, cool. You want to do old boomy? 
Oh, booey. This guy's a goblin scientist, and um, unlike, he's not a giant scientist. So right. They have one of each, um, which is probably the, the, the bulk of it. And it doesn't mean that they're smart. It just means that they're probably crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, his reap ability is that he reveals cards from the top of your deck until you reveal a Brobnar card or choose to stop. Deal two damage to old Boomy if a Brobnar card was revealed. Archive each card revealed this way. So what you do with old Boomy is you put something on him that makes him a little bit bigger, you reap with him, and then you go until you find a Brobnar card. He takes the damage, and then you archive all the cards that go with it, and you still have an old Boomy to do it again next turn. Yep. He's freaking crazy good especially when you have like a ed suite or something cool to play with it so mm -hmm. um one of my favorite novelty cards to play um is it tournament good it would take the right deck but no probably not but in the right deck of course it would be great but like um i don't know that i i don't have that deck so i'm going to say 99.9% <laughs> of the time this is not tournament good but 99.9% .9 of the time it could be busted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it's always fun. It's all goblin science right It's ex there. it's goblin exciting. Science. Everyone's everyone's excited when old Boomy starts doing his thing. Yeah, it reminds me of the old Warhammer days when I used to play Warhammer Fantasy and I was always goblins and uh, orcs and stuff. Like I played the, the Mog and like um, everything they did was chaos factor. Like they had goblin uh. goblin um, frenzy like frenzy uh -huh. guys uh -huh. that you just like push out of your base armies and like they just literally their ability was they do massive amounts of damage like 3d6 damage right but they spin and they spin and then if you roll like tr like double sixes or whatever on damage or whatever it was like they basically kill themselves because the chain wraps around they're not if not they just keep going but they go <laughs> random you have to re like they go random around the battlefield so you might push you get one push to push them towards the enemy but then they could just turn around and come back and annihilate your own army so it's kind of fun nice. and that's kind of the flavor i get with this old boomy guy yeah tying in some warhammer things there you go yeah yeah all you warhammer folks there you go brobner brobner might be the most the most warhammery of the uh of the keyforge houses maybe I agree. And then maybe shadows. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's more. I think that I think Brobnar is Warhammer. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, with that we come to Pile of Skulls, which is the the most Warhammer card almost that you could possibly get. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's an artifact and location, and it just says each time an enemy creature is destroyed during your turn, a friendly creature captures an amber. And now we look at pile of skulls and we, we smack ourselves for not seeing the um, the dino, the hint, <laughs> the, hint, the hint of the dino is coming. Yep. Uh, but who knows what we're missing now, right? You know, you... Th their art is great. Like their art yeah. is absolutely inclusive of all the different things uh -huh. that uh, are coming. So they, they show you the amount of thought they put into this game at least. So that's beautiful. yes, yes, um, yeah. So I this. Similar to Shattered Throne, this just does the job of saying, like, hey, you know, not only am I controlling the board now, but my board control is actually giving me amber control, and, you know, we're in control now, uh, you you do what we want, um, and I think, I think it's great. Um, the nice thing about this, for me, compared to Shattered Throne, is that I have the option to capture on a different creature than was part of fighting or you know even if i like fight even if i kill something with like a berserker slam or uh red alert or something like that um i still get to do the capture so 
uh, it ends up getting a lot more. Um, I have a deck with both, and um, that's like mean. No, no, I ha I tried to get you to trade me a pile of skulls deck, and you turned me down, which I don't blame you for. Um, <laughs> I actually so so I opened one pile of skull Sarian deck, and I got real stoked. And uh, I sat down and uh, with with one of my brothers in law. One of the things we'd like to do is play blind. So we'll just crack a crack a deck and shuffle it without looking at the list and start playing it. Yeah, yeah. And um. And I had Brobnar and Sarian, and I said, uh, oh man, the, like, the best thing, I would just be so happy if I got Pile of Skulls. And I, and I got Pile of Skulls and Shattered Throne, and I was like, oh, this is the, this is the best day. And then we were at a sealed event and, uh, like, later that day, uh, and, uh, and I was, this guy asked, hey, do you want to trade some decks? So we, we were trading, and he, he had this, another Pile of Skulls Sarian deck, and, um, and I, I was like, I mean, if you're willing to get rid of this, yeah, I'll, here, let's trade. And so, so we did. And then at the, at the end of the event, he came over to me. He was like, he was like, hey, Andrew, um, I, I thought about it some more. And would you, would you be willing to trade that deck back to me? I'll give you like any of the other decks you were looking at. You can pick any of them. And, uh, and, and I, I had two, so I felt like I, you know, I don't want to take his only one if he, if he likes it. So. Um, so I did, I did give it back to him, but if my plans had all gone according to what I wanted, I would have four pile of skulls, sorry, index now. I, it's just, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's, funny. it's not good. It's, it's pretty good. It struggles against like the stuff you were talking about, the lights out, the nature's call. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, those things are real good answers to it. Um, but, uh, if your opponent doesn't have some way to start lifting creatures off the board, it's incredibly good. I'm going to have to send you my uh, Quota Alice Village Green Courier deck list. Cool. It's, pre it's pretty fun. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to take it for a spin. Uh, cool. Okay, I got I got real excited there. Let's get <laughs> back, to, <laughs> back to the task at hand. Uh, next is, uh, is Ragnarok. Ragnarok is amazing. It's an awful card that when you play it for the remainder of your turn, creatures cannot reap until you gain one whenever a friendly creature fights. Um, so you're getting Amber Buffer um, fighting with Robnar is what you do. But this yep. is kind of like a good catch-up card because at the end of your turn, you kill all the creatures. So it's almost like a one-sided reap and then like destroy like you know everybody on the other side of the board. So Yeah. Um, seems kind of weird and it's not i'm not saying it's absolutely great because it's really not great but it's interesting because uh yeah you get you get even if your creature dies when it fights it get you get the amber because it's the ragnarok that's making the amber not the creature so it's right. not like a regular fight effect for people who don't know that um yep. and so like you're basically just going i'm gonna attack with all these guys might as well say i'm reaping with all of them i guess it would be the same but they want the, that flavor of the fight for ragnarok Yep. And um, in case you guys don't know, Ragnarok is basically Armageddon for the Nordics, uh, yep. the Norse tribes. So, yep. um, yeah, it's a pretty cool card. I, I like it. Like, um, it's a cool catch-up slash board wipe. Um, gives you a lot of value. So. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, like cards like this are one of the reasons I love Keyforge, right? Because it's it's crazy. It's a totally <laughs> it's a totally crazy card, uh, and it would. You know, if you could build a deck around this and have it be reliable, it would be 
probably too crazy. Um, but in Keyforge, it's, it's great and fun. So, uh, oh, next up is one of one of my favorites that's been uh, reliable through every set so far. But it's Rock Hurling Giant. He's a six power giant. Uh, that says, during your turn, each time you discard a Brobnar card from your hand, you may deal four damage to a creature. And uh, it's it's great. If he stays on the board, you, you have a six power body, but it also turns, uh, you know, maybe you have, uh, you have a Warrior's Refrain that you don't think is good to use right now. You discard it and you knock a creature off your opponent's board. It's real good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've never had a problem with Rock Hurling Giant. He's one of the best creatures in Brobnar still. Like, yep. Always has been. So. Yep. Yeah, and if you... And sometimes you can get, like, even force multipliers for him. Like, if you have... Uh, like, he makes Sanitation Engineer good because suddenly you can, <laughs> on your Logos turn, reap with the Sanitation Engineer, discard a Brobnar card, and murder something. Right. So, fun stuff. Yep. Again, he's a static ability, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this also mm-hmm. goes good with your Nagi Smart Fist, right? Yeah, yeah. Suddenly you're, suddenly you don't mind if you hit those Brobnar cards for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Next up is Signal Fire. Yeah, this is the one Amber Pip for playing it. Omni sacrifice. Basically, Sanctum is gone, so they gave you <laughs> another version of the uh, sacrifice it, and uh-huh. for the remainder of the turn, friendly Brobnar creatures may fight as though they belong to the active house. Um, the good thing about this is the other one said Sanctum comes and fights for you, and this one is basically saying Brobnar may fight as though it belonged to the active house. So that's better because Brobnar wants to fight, but you don't mm-hmm. want to be in Brobnar because like, right. it almost feels like a waste of turn. So by pulling Brobnar into the fight like that, it's really, really solid. Um, yeah. Whereas when you had the one with Sanctum, it's like you didn't mind being in Sanctum because Sanctum does things. But... With Brobnar, right. this is a, a really cool utility. Um, you know, not great because you're still wasting a turn to put it down to have it ready, but it's good to have once it's there. Yeah, so. yeah and if you can load up for like a, especially if you if you have like Logos or Star Alliance and you're able to load up maybe some archives so you can have like one power Brobnar turn where you're dropping Signal Fire and like five creatures, mm-hmm. um, that, that feels pretty good. So mm-hmm. it's a timing thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so cool. Next up is the big one, and uh, this is an artifact with a bonus amber. It's a weapon, and after it's played, or after a creature is played, you put a fuse counter on the big one. Uh, no, you didn't forget to pull the fuse counters out of your box. There's no such thing as a fuse counter, um, except anything that you decide to make into a fuse counter. So just just throw things on this. Um, but every time a creature's played. Uh, this this thing counts up, and when it hits ten, uh, you destroy each creature and artifact, which is which is uh, is very interesting. Yeah, because your opponent's creatures count as well. Mm-hmm. So it comes a game of chess to see who wants to load the board yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Kind of bad. It's kind of bad. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played with it yet, so I haven't gotten the experience. But yeah, my sense is. If I'm Brobnar, I'm probably wanting to control the board by, you know, with my creatures. And uh, so I probably don't need this, which means that it'll help my opponent. Yeah. I agree 100%. Most of the time. 
it's yeah. nice and sealed, I guess, but here, like in a <laughs> constructed environment, I don't think you'll ever find it in a good deck. So. Yeah. Uh, cool. Next up is the floor is lava. Yes, the floor is lava. This is a great card. Um, you get one amber pip just for playing it. Then at the start of your turn, you get to deal one damage to a friendly creature, and you get to deal one damage to an enemy creature. Um, I don't know. It's just really good. Like pops yep. wards, it basically kills small things. Um, it's constant state of damage, um, uh -huh. whether you have creatures or not. So, yep, A plus. Love this card. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that people often overlook about cards like this and the, like Agent Who Man was another example, is because you have the ability because you're choosing what to hit. You're hitting the creature that is least convenient for your opponent to have delta damage to it. And you're hitting the creature that you, where you don't mind it. Maybe it has amber or uh, armor or something like that. But you're hitting creatures where you don't care, and you're hitting their creatures that, that they're going to be sad about. Right. Just popping words. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. So then next up is is War Grumpus, uh, which is a three power beast with fight reap, ready and fight with a neighboring giant, and um, it's it's slow. It's small. Um, I've I've never I've had decks with this in AOA as, as well as Worlds Collide, and never really gotten any value out of it. So yeah, I'm not a fan of War Grumpus at all. Yep. So yeah, that's that's why being able to go find them isn't very exciting. <laughs> um, cool. But next up is Igon the Terrible, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's your boy, so go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, so we covered Igon the, the Green uh, originally, and that, that one has destroyed uh, Return Igon the Terrible from your discard pile to your hand. So, uh, but Igon the Terrible has play. If Igon the Green has not been purged, destroy Igon the Terrible. Um, now, he's good because he's 8 power. He's an 8 power giant with fight steal one. So, suddenly in Brobnar, you're, you're like killing stuff and doing amber control, which is real good. Um, the, yeah, and the, basically the way this works is he can't go on the board while, uh, while Igon the Green is, um, hasn't come out yet. So you need Igon the Green to come out. Me. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, my, uh, somebody I know had a deck where they had, uh, what is it, is it the Universal Recycling Bin or something like that? There's... Yeah. Um, so, so they could pull Igon the Green back from Purge, which is pretty silly. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, you're going to get the Igon the Green out first, smash it into something, get Igon the Terrible out. Um, that's, it's real good once it's out. The problem is, like, obviously, we just talked about a pretty lengthy process to get it on the board. So, um, and you, if you get it early, it's, it's just a dead card, and that feels kind of bad. Yeah, I can't imagine that it ever is attrition pro profitable. Right. Like for the amount of time that you commit to putting it out. Right. Yep. That's the problem. Uh, it's maybe like this, it's kind of like the new Cleefy Dragon, right? Like it was never yeah. worth getting Cleefy yeah. out. <laughs> but so fun. Um, best. Unless, unless you're Ben. Ben loves Cleefy Dragon. I I also love Cleefy Dragon. I just yeah, it's not good. But it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a puzzle. Um, 
So, yeah, best case scenario is you get this in the deck with, like, six Gebeks, and then uh, when one of the Gebeks dies, you accidentally put this in off the top of your deck. I think that's that's the uh, that's the theory. Yeah, so uh, all we got left are the Megas and the Brews. Yep, yep. So then for basically most of the Giants, there's a Mega version, which is just the, like, uh, like Jupiter said before, it's the same Giant creature, uh, but with... Uh, the, with Mega in the name, and then it has an extra two power. So Mega Alaka is six power instead of four. Um, and for those listening at home, you know, get a, take a look when you get a chance. Most of these, if not all of them, have some sort of like artistic embellishment on them. So I think it's kind of fun to to look through that and see, oh, like, I don't know, they spruced up the art for it. Um, and... Uh, and then the the brews all have different uh, flavor text as well. So if you're into that, then that can be kind of fun to check out. But there are I don't think there are changes at all. It's all the same art. Yeah. But cool. Well, uh, Jupiter, thank you so much for joining me for this. I I really appreciate um, I really appreciate all you do for the community, and I appreciate you taking the time to walk through these cards with me. Oh, no problem. You're the first person other than Wookiee that's had me on a show so thank you that is that is that is silly other people need to get on their game <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. for anybody listening Jupiter is an easy sell <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for having me and I'm grateful for all that you do as well and um, I again am always willing to help anybody with anything like um, I'm pretty like like I just want to have good stuff for people to listen to like the people in the community are, are like hungry for this so um i i'm very always more than happy to help people yep and, people and, li- and some people like you some people hate you it doesn't matter <laughs> like it's all the same and and really quick just in case anybody didn't pick up on it remind people where they can find your stuff oh uh, you can find me at fifth planet uh keyforge like i have a, a google site that i post on all of my um podcasts I podcast primarily, I do my recordings for my podcast on Anchor, but I am on like almost every major like Apple and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I am on there as Fifth Planet uh, Keyboard or fifth, or fifth Planet Podcast, I should say. Um, so just look it up. And if you see me in Albany, I'll have a Matt come sign it. Oh yeah, good luck. <laughs> Maybe you'll be the uh, the first AOA Vault Tour, uh, Arkham Vault Tour winner. They've upped it to three deck survival, so Uh-oh. I can play all three of my Giga decks if I wanted to, but I don't <laughs> know if I want to. Uh, I might. I might. I'll, you know what? I'll have to send you. I, I won't send it to anybody else. I, because, um, uh, you know, Josh Joshua was playing um, Stress X at, uh, at the Vegas Vault Tour. Um, yep. I managed to uh, win in game one against Stress X. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was pretty difficult, but I'll send you the deck list that I that I did it with. It was pretty fun. I mean, stress decks can lose, especially if you don't draw like you're archiving. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty. It's a it's a glass cannon. That's part of the reason why. Like I was like, I don't know. But then when I got rid of it, I was like, ah, I shouldn't have got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really well, love it. Well, I wanna yeah, I wanna see it at that top table. So. Uh, Cool. Well, thanks, Jupiter, and for everybody listening at home, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it and that you'll get out and forge those keys.